It's Monday, August 16th. I'm Rudy. It's this podcaster's humble opinion that sex addicts aren't addicted to sex, they're addicted to free fun. If roller coasters were free, I'd be addicted to that too. Let's take a long walk to Cleveland. Let's try it again. Yeah, thank you guys so much for joining me on a long walk to Cleveland. My name is Rudy Povich. Find this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify on Stitcher. And every day, 9.45 a.m., we go live on Instagram. It's at Rudy underscore Povich. Today on the show, hell of a stand-up set on Saturday night over at Sisyphus. We'll talk about that. Plus, I had another date this weekend. But first... There we go. <laughs> uh, merchandise. If you haven't bought merch for a long walk to Cleveland yet or any of my merchandise, you can do so right now just on my website, rudybovich.com. Also, a couple of shows coming up. Uh, I will be at the House of Comedy in uh, Bloomington, Minnesota at the Mall of America. If you want tickets for that, just go ahead and uh, hit me up. I got a few guest spots. I know some people have already uh, uh, taken up a, a couple of spots on that list, but if you still want some, let me know. I'll put your name down. That is uh, Tuesday night, August 24th. I believe show starts at 7.30. Also, Twin Cities Film Fest having another shorts and stand-up where you can see a couple of uh, a couple of short films, comedic short films. My film, Raising a Daughter, is going to be playing. And then I'm also going to be doing about 10 minutes worth of stand-up afterwards. So if you want tickets for that, I think I get a couple of comps. Just go ahead and shoot me a line just through Instagram or Facebook or just my email, rudypovich at gmail.com. I'll try to hit you guys up as much as I can. Uh, let's uh, let's first off take a uh, dive into what was going on Saturday night. If you guys have not heard of uh, Ali Sultan, he is a uh, uh, local comedian here from Minneapolis. Guy was just on Stephen Colbert. Very funny. Great stage presence. Amazing story, too. Um, family originally from uh, Yemen and all this crazy shit he was talking about the other day about just like his family and like where they came from and how they got to America and the legal fucking like hoops you have to jump through when you have to have any dealings back in in Yemen, like trying to call a Yemen embassy and getting people to not only just like take your call, but read an email or actually do any sort of work is like next to near impossible. And I don't know, the story is just amazing. You should check that guy out. But he had a show that was on Saturday night, Sisyphus Brewing. And uh, I went down there, recorded the whole thing. Ollie was nice enough to give me a, a set uh, early on in the show, which uh, I got a little bit of audio from it. If you guys want, I'll give you a little taste. This is actually a newer bit that I've been working on. Okay, coming in next. He may be a dad, but you can't tell by his bod. <laughs> Straight out of hibbing, here comes Rudy Babbage. Yeah. Give it it's up, give like it the- up. I think the most Minnesota way to ever intro somebody, right? How are you guys? Nice to see you. As Chicky said, my name is Rudy. You can see I'm covering tattoos. Who's got tattoos? Who's, who's got them? You got them? Who are? Let's see some. Who's got them? Who's, seriously, I'm gonna, what do you got? That, holy shit. Dude, that thing's, that's, wow, right in the inside of the forearm. That's huge. Shit, yeah, good for you. Dude, between your forearm and my arms, we equal one part-time job. Wow. Good for us. Dude, tattoos are ubiquitous, man. <laughs> Everybody's got them nowadays. Like, you watch a cooking competition, you'll see a guy, and you're like, is that a hell's angel or an executive chef? I can't tell. <laughs> Tons of tattoos, great with knives. <laughs> Giant pile of white powder in front of him. You're like, I don't know. 
Then they give the backstory. This former Hell's Angel turned executive chef. You're like, I fucking knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a great night, man. Everybody who was there that night, everybody had just like amazing sets. Everybody like that room is so it's almost unfair how good that room is. You know, you go up, you do your set. Everybody goddamn kills in that room. I know the audio for this makes it sound like there's just a smattering of laughter. But I'm telling you, man, it really does. That whole room fills every single time. And everybody hits, man. Ah! It's like, you take some of these jokes to other rooms and they don't go anywhere. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, I just, this thing was up on its feet just a moment ago. And... It was crushing last time. And nothing now? Nothing. Okay, fuck. So, Lindsay, that's a nice compliment. Your comedy gets better every time I hear it. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Yeah, the last time you saw me, that that was, like, all new. Holy shit. That was an entire, like, five minutes of brand, like, written that morning, you know? So, to have to get up and do that shit in front of somebody, to put legs underneath bits like that, man. You know, that, especially when I see, like, phenomenal actors. You know, people that have just been like, just at it for years. You know, you go back and like, if you watch that last Jennifer Aniston movie, the one where she played the alcoholic and she should have been nominated. I think what she, I don't think she was nominated for an Oscar for that film. And I'm spacing on the name of that movie, but she's lights out in that movie. You know, just like everything about it, like all the nuances of like, you know, while she's talking to people, she's also staring at like a bottle of booze and just like those little tiny things you don't think about. And then you watch her in the first Leprechaun movie. And you're like, is that the same person? Is this the same Jennifer Aniston that we grew to love <laughs> from Friends? What the hell? It's, not, it's like night and day, you know? So when you kind of get those like little moments um, where you just see people that can just like, ah, knock it out like that, man. I love it. I just trying to get stuff up on its feet is so hard because your brain is still mushy with it. You're like, it, it's still having a hard time finding the words, you know? And that's what kind of sucks sometimes about like, especially guys who get really busy. You know, when you see the actress and like the the stand-up comedian who's got like two TV shows and I think of like, I don't know, Whitney Cummings is sort of a, uh, the exception and not the rule where Whitney can have four shows going at one time and then you see her and everything that she says is brand new. And then you'll see her eight months later and she'll still have all those television shows, but the stand-up act is completely brand new. Usually, like, I, there's a lot of comics that I've seen that uh, I'll catch them, you know, at, at like a, an Acme or like a house of comedy. And then I'll see him again two years later in a different city. And it's the same act from two years ago. And you're like, oh, fuck. Like that part. I hate that, man. Maybe they sprinkle in a new bit or something. But I don't know. There's some there's some comics out there that it's like, dude, one year. That's all you get. You get one because the Internet is just so fast with that shit, you know? Like you put something up online, man, and it just like, boof, it's gone. Like after it's there, you know, but there's a lot of people that also just repost the same joke over and over. And that's fine, too, because and there's like this old saying in radio about if you're saying it for the first time, uh, there's a huge group of people that are hearing it for the first time. If you say it for the second time, there might be some people that heard it the first time that are hearing it the second time. But there's a lot of people that still haven't heard it until that moment. So. Just go ahead and, I guess, throw it up, you know, on its feet as many times as you can. Uh, yeah, great show, though, man. Like, it was really fun. I know there was a couple fans of the uh, the podcast that came out and just, like, hung. And just, like, afterwards, everybody was, like, you know, carrying on and drinking beers. And, you know, I, I feel like I let myself down 13 years ago when I gave up on this. And, 
it's nice to like get back into a scene with people that are just like, yeah, dude, fucking after the show, come on by, hang out. Cause I feel like I kind of missed that boat. You know, like when I was first starting out in this 13, 14 years ago, it was everybody else that was the people I was starting with. We were all at the same age and everybody had so much in common. Like nobody really had any kids yet. You know, we were all just sort of like getting our careers underneath us and starting out on this endeavor. And then, you know, after I decided to spend more time with family and not pursue this as much anymore, and then that, you know, six months turned into 10 years, I'm watching everybody from 14 years ago, you know, getting their tours and going out on the road and getting their marquees and like getting their shot and going to write on this show or whatever it is. And all those guys are gone and I'm having to like start out with like a whole fresh crop of kids that are one, super young (laughs) and two, probably don't want to hear what a 40 year old white guy has to say. So, but it's great, man. Like, it's great. Like everybody has just been so, I don't know, open armed. And I try not to get into that whole, you know, well, I'm fucking, I used to be around and I'm you know, one of them guys that's got, ex- and fuck no, dude, everybody, you're always at the starting line. I don't give a shit who you are. You're always at the starting line. Always. Doesn't it feel like that? Whether it comes to career, family, nutrition, mental health, you always feel like you're at the starting line. No matter how much you have, you think you have under your belt. I don't know. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we should always constantly feel like we're not experienced enough yet. Maybe we should always have that feeling of, hey, um, we should be constantly trying to evolve ourselves, constantly trying to get to that next level. Because if not, then what are we doing? What are we what are we doing here? You know, you're going to you're going to die anyway. At the end, you might as well have something under your belt, right? Might as well have like a. um might as well have like a, a, a museum of, of all the stuff you did. Wouldn't that be great? Dude, that's the way to go, man. Always be, I don't know. And the, just the fact that you don't have to go into like a community college to be able to get education. There's so many great, you know, platforms. Like my favorite is Udemy. I love it. U-D-E-M-Y, Udemy. And anything you want to learn, it's got it. I've learned so much about editing and about graphics. Um, I've taken uh, like like script writing. I've taken all those classes and they're like nine bucks. And that's seven hours worth of material. Now, some of this stuff you, you might go in and you might find and be like, ah, I kind of already knew that or I didn't get a lot out of it. But what are you out? Nine bucks and a little bit of your time? Dude, completely worth it. Check some of this stuff out, man. Like why it is that we're all like sitting on our hands for the most part. That, God, that just like drives me batty. I don't know. I don't get it. But yeah, man, I just, I don't know. Saturday night was like one of those nights where you get like got off stage and just went, mm, that fuck, like that felt good. Like that felt so good. The fact that you are waiting for people to stop laughing, like just that, hang on, don't move yet. Give them a second. Let it die. Okay. Anytime you guys want to stop, cause I got to keep moving. Cause I only got five minutes. So fucking, <laughs> But yeah, man, it uh, it felt really good. So uh, if uh, Ollie is listening to this today, thank you very much, man. I really do appreciate uh, you getting me up on stage. And we're going to have all the audio and video and stuff. Like I recorded all the sets, like multi-camera, three cameras, one 360 camera behind the stage. You know, great audio, all sorts of shit. Uh, I'll have that up sometime later this week. So if you guys want to check it out, it'll be uh, it'll be up. So uh, also this weekend, told you guys that uh, it's been a while since I've had a girlfriend. And... 
you know, usually, uh, when you, especially when you're a little bit younger, you just like move. Like I, I tell this joke and it's, it, it is basically true, but like I had a friend of mine text me once and they were like, hey, sorry to hear that she broke up with so-and-so. And I was like, dude, that happened like four hours ago. How do you know? And he's like, because I just matched with her on Tinder. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I was like, well, it's one way to find out, I guess. So yeah, it, uh, but yeah, I went out with another gal, uh, this past weekend and she was re- really sweet, really nice. I mean, it's a goddamn drive though, dude. Like remember, I remember what I was saying the other day about like when you're 22 years old, like I lived in Mankato and there was a girl that I had met from Morris and she called me one night. She's like, Hey, we're having a party. You want to come on by? And I'm like, fuck yeah. Get in the car, drive five hours to go to a party and then sleep on some girl's floor. Can't wait. And you just, that's the shit you do. But this time around, and then as you get older, you get to be 40 and you have like a potential suitor. And she's like, I live in Anoka. And you're like, fuck that. I'm sorry. The 494-694 loop. If you ain't living inside of that, fucking, I I can't. I just, you might as well live on Mars. Because that would be closer than from you to live in Elk River. Just fuck it. I can't. I'm sorry. You might be great, but Jesus Christ, is this a haul. But... Uh, the date that I had this past weekend was the gal was from River Falls and she had said, can we just meet in Hudson? Like, and I don't mind going so much to like the nice places. Like I like Hudson. I like Stillwater. You know, if she lives in Lakeville and I live in Richfield and she's like, now listen, for anybody who isn't from the Metro, who isn't listening to this, uh, Lakeville is like way south of, it's still within the Metro, but it's like south of Minneapolis where, you know, like Stillwater, Hudson, like the nice places on the river. Those are way east of the other cities. And if she's like, let's go to Stillwater. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? There's not a chance. Like, I don't even want to drive to Lakeville to fucking hang out, but I'll meet you in Burnsville. That's a midpoint, right? They got to have a shitty bowling alley there somewhere. But she said, do you want to go to Hudson? I said, absolutely. Let's go. I've been telling you guys about uh, this whole like new uh, nutrition and training thing that I'm on. So the, the hardest part about it The thing that drives me the most, listen, I don't mind getting up and like taking my glucose levels and sticking myself in the finger with a needle so you can get the reading and having to like weigh out. That, that part is fine. The thing that drives me the most batty, no beer, no, no beer. And I've made no bones about it. I, I love beer. It is my best friend. I swear to God, like I would, I would definitely like smash into the back end of a vehicle filled with nuns if I knew that there was like a case of craft beer in the back that I could heist. I fucking love beer. But (laughs) I'm also cheap and the shit that I'm doing is not inexpensive. So I refuse to not do this as wholeheartedly and get the most results out of it that I possibly can. But it is goddamn difficult. It really is. It's like, you know, you can have a drink every now and again, but you can't do it within like an hour of eating. Like you really got to like nutrient time everything out. I mean, if you're going to like have a sandwich, uh, you got to, and you want to drink, dude, it's 90 minutes after you eat that sandwich. You can't have two at the same time, dude. It doesn't work that way. Uh, Scooter, keep your eye on the prize, Rudy. You got the, Yeah, thank you. Like I feel like, I'm amazed at what this Derek dude has done to me in the last three weeks. Like I look almost incredibly different. Obviously in the face, it's starting to mm, fucking come down a little bit there, but I'm amazed at what this dude has done in literally in three weeks, just like my demeanor, my attitude, my not only just like physical state, but also my emotional state. 
This guy works wonders. And all you got to do is fucking just like be present with it. Just really dive headfirst into all of it. And if you can do that, that's where like the success happens. That's where you look back on it and go, yes, that was like the worst nine weeks of my life having to fucking measure out 200 grams of berries and you're not allowed to eat more than like 10 milliliters of fucking butter and all this shit. Yes, it sucks. But man, I am telling you in three weeks, I can't imagine what it'll be three weeks from now if I've seen such a huge difference in only three weeks since when we first started. Like this dude has really got his shit together, man. Um, I will, uh, if, if you are looking for more info, I don't want to share it out yet just because him and I don't know each other that well. And I don't want to be that guy to like get him inundated. But if you want, you can hit me up if you want to you know, talk to this guy and I will, uh, I'll pass, I'll ask him if it's cool, if I can pass on his info. I imagine that he wouldn't mind. He's an entrepreneur who's always looking to, you know, help people and make a buck. So it might be a good fit for you. But this dude has like worked wonders. And that is the hardest part about no beer. Fucking just can't drink it. And it sucks because, you know, we did a show on Saturday in a brewery where I had no drinks, not fucking one. Ah, and I'm just watching everybody carrying on and drinking stouts and they got a brand new peanut butter porter and fuck, man, I got a sweet tooth. Uh, Kira says, hello. Good morning, Kira. How are you? Um, it's awful though. Oh my God. I just wanted, oh, it's so frustrating, but like you said, you got to keep your eye on the prize. So while I'm out, uh, I'm right next door to Hoppin' Barrel in Hudson. Don't know if you've ever been. If you're a beer person, you may have had their beers. And it is, they are those beers are incredible. That brewery is so dialed in with so many great beers. And I'm just, I'm staring at it from afar, just like, fuck. God, I want so bad. I want nothing more than to walk over there and just like, plow through four pints in a flight. Ah, but you can't because you've made this commitment to yourself. And like, you know, you hear so much about people that, uh, I've tried so many times and it just doesn't work and it doesn't work. That's because you, that's nobody else. It doesn't work because of you. You're the one who's sabotaging this. You're the one who's not doing it correctly. You are getting in the way of you. So fucking knock it off. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe shit will pan out for you. So I did walk into the brewery just to grab a sticker because, you know, you can see it in the back, right? If you're on the Instagram live, there it is right there. There's the beer fridge just covered in as many breweries as I've been to over the past few years. And I just want the collection to grow. And I've had Halpin Barrel beers. And I imagine at some point I will be going back to... Uh, to go and definitely plow through a bunch. Dana, you need the willpower. I agree. And that is the thing I was talking about the other day about uh, people who in like corporate settings, when the email comes out and they're like, hey, it's Marjorie's birthday, free cake in the commissary. And just the fucking herd that goes trampling through the hallways to get down there and like plow through a bunch of like sheet cake. Have a little self-will. Have some willpower inside of you. A little self-respect that the second that email comes in, you don't just don't drop... Does that say how much you hate your job? I mean, there were times when I was working at Hubbard where the email would come out like, hey, there was a meeting that, you know, went a little short and there's a bunch of like free burritos in the commissary if you guys want them. You would get that email and I'm not bullshitting. You could count down from 10 because our office was right next to the commissary. And that email would come in and you'd go 10, 9, 8. And the second you got to one, you'd hear the door 
to the uh, to like the uh, uh, south side to the north side offices, you'd hear that door open, and it would just be a fucking stampede of people coming through, just waiting to get those. Bur- it's like you just got done eating Burger King at nine thirty this morning. Do you really need another fucking like twelve hundred calories? <laughs> Uh, Scooter, I did a seven-day squeezed juice cleanse. Did it 100% willpower. It can be done. That it, That's everything. And the thing about it is you don't know what you can pull off until you are almost forced to do it. You know, that lady, and I, I bring this analogy up all the time because that lady from New York who got stuck in that elevator for like three days, the thing that she said, the thing that she learned the most about it is if somebody would have told her, hey, I'm going to stick you in an elevator for three days. Could you make it that long? She would go, absolutely not. There's no way I could make it three days. In an elevator by myself? No, I couldn't do it. There's, it's impossible. Then she'd ride in an elevator. Elevator gets jammed. They can't help her. She's like 27 floors up in, in this building. Next thing you know, three days goes by. She's in this place by herself. She gets out. She's like, holy shit. I didn't realize that I could do this. Now that I was forced to do it. You hear about the... Uh, what is that show called? Uh, BBC. I shouldn't be alive. You hear about those guys that like go hiking up in the mountains and they fall and they break their leg and then a mountain lion jumps on top of them and rapes them anally and then they lose their canteen and all this shit that goes down. These guys uh, at the end of it look back and go, God damn. What do you know? Who would have thought? Uh, Mira, it's really self-discipline and moderation. I'd be screwed if I didn't I'd be screwed if I didn't hate pizza, all the pizza parties, every goddamn, I, I agree. Oh my God. It's, it's awful. It's ter- And that's the thing, man. Like those like corporates, it's almost like everybody who can get something for free, whether you need it or not, will go and take it just because it's free. I mean, think of the shit we put on the curbs here in Minnesota, just a free sign on it. Do you, you could stick like a couch with no cushions and just Two by fours embedded with rusty nails sticking straight up. And people be like, fuck it, we could use that. They throw it in the back of their truck and move on. It blows me away. Like, I, I mean, I am the joke that was at the top of the show, no joke about people not being addicted to sex, but just being addicted to free fun. It's the last free fun thing you can do without people giving you shit. So, you know, like I said, I'd be addicted to roller coasters if those were free too. It's just free fun. I don't know. Impose a little bit of willpower on yourself. I, I know it's difficult. I know it sucks. I know everybody loves the taste of cheesecake and t- cheesecake tastes way better when it's free, but you don't have to do it every time. You know, I mean, once uh, once a month, indulge a little bit here and there, you know, it's probably pretty good for you to loosen the screws a little bit, but it is, uh, it's, it's, I don't know the whole, that, that is the hardest part, man. And then while I'm there, this is the part I wanted to bring up. Uh, I don't really talk about it a lot. And not that I have like a huge affliction for it. I do enjoy every now and again a good pro wrestling match, especially from the 1980s. You give me the the Hogan's, the Macho Man's, the Ultimate Warriors, the Big Boss Man's, the Earthquakes. You give me the Superfly Jimmy Snookas. Love that shit. I don't like to watch it now. It's a little too hyped up. It's a little too explosion-y. It's a little too... Hmm. Narrative based, I guess, would be, you know, once they started bringing in the writers from like daytime television, like the same people who wrote for soap operas were the same people that were writing for, you know, professional wrestling. And I was like, eh, starting to get to be too much. I just like the matches, you know, 
I don't need to have any backstories or anything like that. I just want to see the matches. That's it. Um, but the thing I like about pro wrestling is to go watch it at like a Legion. Go watch it at a VFW. For 10 bucks. it's the best goddamn 10 bucks you're ever going to spend. And I just noticed that Hop and Barrel coming up this coming Saturday night. Beers and body slams. 15 bucks. No holds barred. Are you fucking kidding me? Beers and pro wrestling all in the same mix? See, here's the thing. Usually they got this shit at like a Legion. You got to go watch it at a VFW. It's nothing but Coors Lights and Domino's Pizzas. But inside of like a high-end brewery that's got like killer beers and probably a couple food trucks. And then pro wrestling on top of it. Fuck. That might be the best Saturday night ever. Can you? Ah. And I'm so like, if I, if I go, I'm going to have to sneak like bottles of vodka. Cause I'm not going to be able to do it sober the whole way through, but I can't like just pound back a bunch of brews either. We'll have to figure it out. If anybody wants to go, holy shit. We're, uh, we're doing a, uh, a quick short film on Saturday morning that I think the guys that we're filming with. I said, if you guys want, man, I will caravan our asses over to Hudson, Wisconsin to go watch this. Cause Jesus, pro wrestling and craft beers all in the same place. No shitty Coors Lights. No fucking Bud Lights. Nobody doing like $2 well calls. None of that bullshit. Good quality beer. And I don't know what it is about like the pro wrestler who hasn't made it. I just, I, I don't, I feel like that story is just so, I don't know if it's just so parallel with like, in the just the entertainment business alone, whether it be acting, stand up, you know, whatever, singers. It's just such a, uh, it's such a long climb to the top for some of these guys, you know? And the ladies recently have just like exploded, man. Have just like, and in fact, the whole flyer is just nothing but gals. It's like finally the WWE and like some of these companies, AEW sort of figuring out like, hey man, uh, sex sells. So let's get some of these gals involved. You know, when we were kids, we had fabulous moolah. You didn't like put fabulous moolah in the spank bank ever. There's no way. And then like the attitude era comes and then you got all sorts of gals that are like showing up and you know, 13 year old me is just like sitting on the couch with a freaking throw pillow on my lap. Just like, huh? What? Take out the garbage. I'll be there in about 10 minutes. Do it now. No. <laughs> but, oh my God. And the first time I had ever gone to see a, I mean, obviously, you know, we went as kids. I think I may have told the story about Superfly Jimmy Snuka. When I met him at the uh, Chisholm High School, they had like a house show at the Chisholm High School when I was like 12 and probably even younger than that, maybe like eight. And I loved, if you guys don't know this, especially the backstory about Superfly Jimmy Snuka, it's fucking amazing. Dude was like, I think he was uh, right, right before he passed, which I do believe he is dead. I'll have to look this up. Right before he had passed, he was arrested for killing his girlfriend, but hadn't killed his girlfriend. Oh, you'd have to, I'd have to go back and find the whole um, Jimmy Snooker. There we go. I'm pretty sure he's passed on. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. January 15th, 2017. Um, yeah, dude gets arrested for accidentally killing his wife or his girlfriend, something like that. I don't remember how the whole story went, but I met him when I was like eight. It completely like changed my life. I love that dude. You know, and then of course, you know, years go by and you go to a few more shows and we used to run down to Duluth and go to the deck and catch out some of the, uh, but the first time I went to like a straight up like pro wrestling VFW, seven bucks at the door, $2 Coors lights, $1.50 slices of Domino's pizza. 
I went with like a group of dudes. There was probably like five of us. And it was the, it, I, I bet I spent $19 that night and just got completely filled up on shitty beers and had the best night of my life. It is a blast, man. God damn, you guys should go. And don't, and th- I don't like people who are like, fucking pro wrestling is so fake and so dumb. Just go be entertained. You don't need to like look at it like it's anything else other than entertainment. Just go and watch these, you know, these people get in the ring and do what they do. Also, these guys, it's not like you're just in there just like, you know, thumb wrestling. Like people are beating the shit out of one another. It might not be a real punch. It might not be a real kick with like a ton of force behind it. But at the end of it, I bet you got a couple of bruises and probably a couple of sores. Something you need an ice pack on, you know. I mean, these guys really do like beat the shit out of one another. I mean, your body's got to take a toll. You see these guys like doing signings and stuff when they're like in their 60s and they're all hunched over. Man, it's a life. But I I love it. Oh, speaking of uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up, talk about crazy ass stories. If you guys are even remotely inclined, not that I want this to be a very sports centric uh, podcast today, but if you guys are even remotely inclined to watch anything sports related, and you want an incredible story? Netflix, The Malice at the Palace. If you don't know what The Malice at the Palace is, even better. Just go and watch the documentary. It's on Netflix now. I think it just came out like Thursday or Friday. Uh, I watched it Saturday morning. And huh, I'm blown away by it. I'm blown away because I remember watching that game live when it all happened. And if you don't know what it is, The Malice at the Palace was a giant, it's not even like a fight. It was a goddamn riot that broke out at a basketball game, an NBA game between the Indiana Pacers and the Detroit Pistons. There's a little scuffle on the on the floor and the Pistons are just getting their asses handed to them that game. And obviously tensions are getting high. It's a big rivalry. It's right at the beginning of the season. It's like game three of the season. And a little, you know, scuffle happens, as it will in basketball. And one of the guys, Ron Artest, goes and lays down on the scorer's table. That's kind of like a, a joke. And a fan takes a beer and throws it in the air. And it hits Ron Artest in the chest. Ron then jumps up off the scorer's table and goes into the stands and just starts beating the shit out of people. And fans are coming at him. And now all the players are jumping in. And now the fans are getting onto the court and there's one dude who jumps onto the court and he's like my size. I mean, he's, this guy has got to be maybe an inch taller. I bet he's got to be five, nine tops. Kind of a fat dude, kind of pudgy. Definitely doesn't look like a guy who could throw down, but he steps correct to Ron Artest, who is six, seven, weighs like 280. The guy's a monster. And he comes to that dude and puts the Dukes up. Puts him up like, let's go. And Ron Artest drills him. Not just like a, sh- a, a shot in the shoulder. He connects with that dude's face. Now, to that guy's credit, he doesn't fall. He gets hit, but he doesn't fall. That guy could take a punch. So fast forward. Now fans are like, re- like I mean, they're throwing chairs at players. They're st- I mean, they're taking big swings. They're toppling over the players. There's like players that are getting kicked. There was a guy by the name of Jermaine O'Neal. Great story about Jermaine O'Neal up until this moment. Uh, uh, November 19th, 2004. Just an amazing story. Was drafted right out of high school. Was the first of his family to be able to like, you know, make something of himself. 
gave a bunch of his money to his mom, gave a bunch of his money to his family members, got him up out of poverty. An amazing story. But he did what he was supposed to do, and he protected his teammates. So while he's watching one of these guys take swings at his teammate, Jermaine O'Neal comes running in, and he takes a swing that Conor McGregor would be like, holy shit, that guy is a trained professional. He swings at this guy, the guy who was already one time punched by Ron Artest, and he slips. And if he hadn't slipped, he would have killed that dude. That was the hardest punch I've ever seen not connect. I mean, he still hit him because that guy got up and he was jello like Like people had to like peel him off the basketball court. But the melee happens. I mean, it's, it, it was such a stain. Uh, I mean, I know Detroit has already got its share of blemishes, but holy shit, like that took it to the next level. And it's it, just like the attitudes of some of these players afterwards, like how some were very remorseful. And then there's a couple other guys who were just like, fuck it, that's their problem. These idiot fans want to get drunk and they want to come down. They want to fight NBA players. You let them because I'll beat all their asses. And like no barn bones about it, man. Just throw down. But a great documentary. And they really do show the side of um, Ron Artest. If you don't know that story, Ron Artest is a very much so hated man in the NBA. And I had never seen this piece of footage. But after he left that team the next year, was suspended for the rest of the season, left that team for the year. Uh, after that year, went to the L.A. Lakers. They then win a championship. And after he wins, not like days afterwards, like minutes after he wins the championship, they sit down. He sits down with ESPN on the court and it's Stephen A. Smith and it's all these like sports announcers, these big names. And they're like, how's it feel, man? And he said, um, you know, this is great, but I was wasn't supposed to win this championship with these guys. I was supposed to win this championship with my guys back in Indianapolis. And I feel like a coward. I feel like I let him down. I feel like I feel like I really ran away instead of owning up to my responsibilities and bringing that team a championship. I ran away and I feel terrible about it. And you can tell the announcers are like, oh, shit, this isn't where we thought this was going to go. You know, but man, even more so watch that documentary if you know nothing about basketball. Because I really think that that's the beauty about documentaries is that they take information that you don't know. They take stories and they take things you might not be aware of and they put it in a nice little tiny package with a bow on it and then go, here you go, dude, watch it. Now you can learn something. I've watched more documentaries about shit I do not care about just because it it makes it a little bit easier to to take down. You know, Uh, I'm not a big fan of roller derby. I don't really care about it. It's not it's not like I hate it. But I also don't, you know, seek it out. I know some people love it because they have it here in Minnesota. And it's a big thing. I know the Minnesota Roller Girls, their roller derby thing, is it's massive. And people love it. But I don't really give a shit about it. About six months ago, I watched a documentary on it. I was like, okay, I get it. Now I get it. I totally get it. It's it's gals who need a a release. And sometimes it's girls that are 19 that just need to get out some aggression. Sometimes it's like 40-year-old soccer moms who are just like, Hey man, Monday through Friday, I got to drive a goddamn minivan. But then on, you know, um, then on Saturday night, I go out there and I strap on the skates and I got the moniker, you know, Jacqueline, the snake Roberts. And they're like, fucking yeah, man. Like I get it. Like they, you get it. You, you just need a release. So watch this documentary with an open mind and just, I was just so taken back by it. Like, and especially there's a guy by the name of Reggie Miller who transcends basketball. I mean, just a great human being, loved the city of Indianapolis, played for him for 18 seasons, 
never got to bring him a championship. And then the year at the year of the, the malice at the palace was his last year. He retired after that. And he came out like that last game and, you know, everybody's like clapping and, and he starts to cry and just said, I just want you guys to know that 18 years in this city, even though I'm so sorry, I couldn't bring you a championship 18 years with this team and with you fans meant more than any ring. Like just a good guy, just a really good dude and a great story. So Malice at the Palace, it is on uh, Netflix right now. Make sure you find this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify on Stitcher. Like I said, a couple of shows coming up August 24th and uh, September 9th. If you want some tickets to that, just uh, shoot me a line through Instagram or Facebook and I will try to get you onto the guest list. Also, we go live every morning, 9.45 a.m. Central Time at Rudy underscore Bobich. Once again, thank you guys so much for taking a long walk to Cleveland. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.